Thanks for checking out the Renew Life Church podcast. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that today's message encourages you. Hey, my name is Cody Sykes. I'm one of the associate pastors here, and I'm just super honored and privileged to get to share with you this morning. It's, it's just, uh, it's really amazing what God, what God does. The moment you think something's done and over, he says, not yet. And that's, that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for your presence and just for you. Thank you for Jesus and everything that you did through Jesus for us. God, we're so honored by you. We're so honored to be in your presence. We're so honored to be your kids, to be your sons and your daughters, God. Thank you that you would bring all of us here today to this place for this reason, just to hear you. I pray that you would whisper and you would say only the things that you desire for us to hear. God, I give you control. I give you the authority over myself, over my mind and my will, my emotions, my tongue. God, that we would just hear and have a moment with you. We don't want to rush anything because we know that in a moment of your presence, everything could change. So Holy Spirit, I invite you here. I invite you into this place right now. Open our ears and our hearts to hear you in a way that we've never heard you. God, we, we just humble ourselves. There's nothing that you can't say that we haven't heard. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Can I tell you, the Father wants to speak to you. He wants to talk to you. He wants to talk to you about a wide variety of things. And if that freaks you out a little bit, it shouldn't, especially if you've ever prayed things like, God, help me. <laughs> God, speak to me. God, tell me what to say. Tell me what to do because I have no idea. You ever done that before? Yeah, I have. And it's so refreshing for me to hear that God wants to actually speak and say things to me. You know, oftentimes when we ask of God or we we, we, we say, God, could you help me or could you do this? We ask it in passing. We're like that child that's, that's late for the school bus and he's running out the door, grabbing everything, and his mom's standing at the door and she says, honey, don't forget your lunch. Well, kid forgets his lunch and then he gets to school and he doesn't have his lunch and now he's mad at mom. That's how sometimes we live and ask of God. We do it in passing. We do it without stopping. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. We're going to read out of that. And if you don't have a Bible, you can look up here. We'll have it on the Jumbotron. <laughs> 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse, starting in verse 9, it says this. But as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard, nor have entered the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Paul's quoting Isaiah here. Then he goes into this. He says, but God has revealed them to us through his spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the Spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. Now we have received, not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. So let me break this down a little bit. God has revealed things to us through His Spirit. This group of scripture says no one knows the thoughts of a man or what's inside of the man better than the spirit that actually lives inside of that man. And so it is with God too. 
No one knows the things or the deep places or the secrets of God except for the Spirit who is in God, which is the Holy Spirit. When we receive Jesus, it says, now, now we have not received the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God. That we as Christians, when we've made a decision for Jesus to be born again into the kingdom of God, our spirit was perfected. Now we have not received the spirit of the world, but we have received the spirit of God who searches the deep things of God and then desires to reveal them to us. That's super encouraging to me. That I could actually know the things of God. That I could actually know the deep things that God has to say. The trick is, we stop and we ask and we listen. We actually give an ear. We actually put the phone down or whatever that distraction is. We stop asking and passing because there is a place that God desires for us to live where we could have this communion and this relationship with, with him that is uninterrupted and he's actually downloading the things that have been freely given to us. Exodus 33 says, this, and I'll read this quickly. It says, now Moses used to take a tent, it's actually his tent, and pitch it outside of a camp some distance far away, calling it the tent of meeting. So this isn't the tabernacle. Uh, he received the instructions for the tabernacle and the building of it in Exodus 26. This is not the tabernacle. This is just the tent of meeting, temporary. Anyone inquiring of the Lord would go to the tent of meeting outside of the camp and where, whenever Moses went to the tent, the people rose and stood at the entrances of their tents, watching Moses until he entered the tent. As Moses went into the tent, the pillar of cloud, which was a representation or a manifestation of the presence of God, would come down and stay at the entrance while the Lord spoke with Moses. Whenever the, whenever the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the entrance of the tent, they stood and worshipped, each at the entrance of their tent. The Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. Then Moses would return to the camp, and the young aide of his, Joshua, the son of Nun, did not leave the tent. The tent of meeting was set up by Moses with the, with the intention to meet with God privately. One in, one out. It says that God would meet with Moses face to face. It said that when he would go to this place that the, the cloud, the pillar of cloud would rest over this. The, the, the presence of God, the Holy Spirit, would hover over this tent. So there's this deep connection between Moses and God. There's this deep interaction between Moses and God in this place. But check out verse 7. It says this, anyone inquiring of the Lord would go to the tent of meeting. Anyone inquiring of the Lord would go to the tent of meeting. It wasn't just for Moses. It wasn't just for the leader of the children of Israel who's, who's leading them out of slavery. It wasn't just for him to have this communion with God. It was for anyone inquiring or who would inquire of God. Anyone that was willing to just seek God could go into this place where the presence rested. But not everyone did. There's lots of moaning. There's lots of complaining and groaning and the children of Israel about certain things that God is or doesn't do or isn't doing. But notice this. When Moses would go into the, to the tent and the presence would hover over, it says that they would all actually go to their tent door and they would all worship. So they all worshiped, but they didn't all inquire. 
It's kind of like having a relationship on Sunday with God and then having a daily relationship with God. It's the difference in those two. Some do, some don't. I've been in both places. I have worshiped on Sunday and I have inquired the rest of the time. More times than not in my relationship, if I'm being honest, it was Sunday. It was just me and God in this moment and when I would leave, I felt like God left too. Didn't know that I had opportunity all the time. So this tent became the secret place that they would just meet with God. The secret place is a private place. It's a reserved place that the Father is in that we have access to. He's invited us to this place. It's a place of intimacy. Psalm 91 verse 1 says that he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. That word dwells there comes from a Hebrew word called it's yeshab which means to sit down, to settle, to remain, or inhabit. So intimacy with God is a place that we can sit down in. It's a place that we can inhabit. It's a place that we can just remain in. Intimacy is simply this. Into me, you see. Into me, you get to see. Intimacy is letting someone get so close to you that they get to see your secrets and your hidden places. It's not letting someone get close enough. <laughs> Most of the time we have that enough in there. Eh, no, 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 close enough. Don't come any closer. You can talk about anything you want to talk about, but you can't talk about that. You're close enough. Intimacy is into me you see, you can say, and you can get as close to you want as me, or to me as you want. And the Father actually desires that with us. He desires intimate fellowship. Intimacy isn't a public thing. For your sake, and my sake, and my wife's sake, I'm not intimate with my wife in public. I'm intimate with my wife intentionally. And intimacy isn't just physical touch. That's some of our love languages, but that's not just it. It takes practice. It's not accidental. It takes time. Matthew chapter 6, verse 6 uh, he, Jesus is saying all these different things and he's talking about when you give, you don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing and you do it to the Father who's in the secret. And when you pray, he says, go into your room, close your door, pray to the Father who is in the secret and sees in the secret and he will reward you openly. What is he saying? It's intentional. It's intentional. I personally prepare a, a room for uninterrupted communion with me and in the Father. It's just the way that I work. It's not the way that I've always worked. But I just realized every time that I do, there's something that happens that is so rich that when I wasn't doing it, I could feel an empty spot. I could feel that there was something missing in me. The moments in time where I would spend time with him in the secret place, they were so full of his goodness. They were so full of his richness that when I didn't have those times, my heart ached. I prepare that place intentionally because I know that he'll meet me there because he's faithful. In the secret place, I get to just know him. I just get to know him. I get to know what he sounds like. I get to know what he says and what he doesn't say. I get to know what he feels like. I spend time with God intimately in the secret place every morning is how I do it. 
And I learned those things so that when I'm in settings like this and worship is going and people are clapping and singing, I could still be in a seat and I could still know and I could still feel God in here. But I practice secretly so that when I'm in public, I can still hear him. We used to play a game with the students and youth, and, and it was the most fun game. I just thought of this. Thank you, God, for reminding me. We would set mousetraps all over the stage, and then we would make a kid. Okay, wait, wait. We would have a kid <laughs> take their shoes off, okay, blindfold them, and we would line up people all across the stage, and then we would say, hey, I need you to pick your very best friend, and they need to be down here on this line. And the goal was, is that this student had to be directed by their friend's voice through the maze of mousetraps to not get smacked by one. While all of these people are screaming anything and everything they could, the goal was, can you still hear the voice that you know in the middle of chaos? And it was so much fun when they didn't make it through it. (laughs) Just every youth pastor... Well, every person, let's just be honest, at some point we're like, ooh, I hope they step on that one right there. Snap them. What were we doing? We're teaching them to hear. That's what I'm doing in the secret place. I'm teaching myself to hear, to feel, to know. In that moment, my senses are at an all-time high because I don't want to miss anything. I was reminded of a story, of, of an elk hunting story that, that was amazing. We had gone to New Mexico and I'd just been introduced to elk hunting, which is amazing. Uh, I hope everyone, everyone should be able to do that. If you don't do anything else, I hope that you can do that, because it's amazing. So we, had, we descended to the top of this, this one ridge, and we're dropping down the other side of it. And there's this giant bush in front of us, just maybe 30 yards down the, down the way. And the wind's blowing in our face. It was just a, kind of a sunny, windy day. And the wind's blowing in our face, which is perfect, because there were elk below us. And we could hear them stepping on sticks, and you could hear them, you know, chewing and different things. But we just couldn't see them. We knew they were there. And in the moment, you just stop. Everything freezes. Because you don't want to mess it up. Here in just a second, these two cow elk, which are female elk, they come running up the hill, and they disappear over the hill. And then we hear this bull, so it's a male elk, and he, he starts bugling, which is like their mating call, because it was during the rut. And when the rut is going on, there are elk fighting all over the place. The, the bulls are chasing the cows. I mean, it's just utter chaos, right? But we hear this bull bugle down below us. And now everything is really, really intense. I mean, the hair is sticking up all over your body. If you couldn't grow a beard, all of a sudden you can. It's that intense. So he pushes these cows. Three more cows come up this trail by us. And he comes right behind him. And he was young and he was small and I wasn't going to shoot him. But I still didn't want to miss the moment. I had no intentions of taking this help. But I still didn't want to miss the opportunity to be close to him. And this elk comes out and he's probably two arm lengths away from me. And he looks in my direction. Of course, the wind is still blowing in my face. He can't smell me at all. And he lets out just this crazy, nasty, gnarly bugle. You could smell his breath in this moment. It didn't smell good. Elk in general during the rut, they don't smell good. But you could smell all of these. I could see, I could feel, I could smell. 
my, my, everything was, was really, really intense. And I didn't want to move. Didn't want to miss anything. This is the precaution I take every time I'm in the presence of God. I just don't want to miss it. I don't want to speed up. I don't want to think too fast. I don't want to not listen because I want to get everything that he would have me, have, have me get. In that moment, I don't want it to end. Just like with this help. I didn't want it to end. You know, intimacy between a husband and wife shouldn't just be about physical needs being met. As well as intimacy with the father shouldn't be just about having our wants met. You know, there are times where God actually does meet those needs or he meets those wants, the things that we desire. I remember a story of like 2006, 2007, I was really into team roping. It was something that I actually loved and I still love it. I just don't do it anymore. But it was something that I was just super, super passionate about. There was only one problem. I didn't have a horse. It's kind of hard to be a cowboy when you got a horse. And I read, I read across this scripture, Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, and I was a new Christian. And it said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. I was like, okay, I could do that. If it's that simple, I can do that. So for two to three months, something like that, I just didn't rope. I didn't go to ropings. I didn't help with ropings. I didn't help people practice. I didn't do anything. I would literally, I was so consumed with this thing, this hobby, that I would just go and I would do the grunt work just to be around it. The thing that no one else wanted to do, I just wanted, I would do that just so I could be close to it. And I was like, okay, I'll stop all of that and seek you if that's what it says to do. So I did those things. Then I get a phone call from a guy who had had a shoulder surgery and he said, hey, Cody, um, man, I had, I had surgery, my shoulder, it, the way that it healed, I'll never be able to swing a rope again. And I was like, man, that's terrible. I really hate to hear that. He said, yeah, it, it's not good, but I do have two horses that I would love for you to come pick up. I'll pay their vet bills. I'll pay all the food, the feed. I'll keep them at my house. You come get them like they're yours and use them. Take them out of town, do whatever you want with them. They're yours to use. And he goes, and I've got a living quarters trailer, shower, bed, TV, all that. You're welcome to use that too. I had gone from being the horseless cowboy to now having two horses that I didn't have to pay for, that I had no overhead cost in, and a trailer that I could use anytime I wanted to. And then it got better. I couldn't use the trailer because I had a half-ton truck. And a half-ton truck pulling a really big gooseneck trailer just probably wouldn't work. I've probably seen it happen in some towns, but not Midland. Um, we do a lot of things, but we ain't doing that. I got invited to go bird hunting with a guy, and when we were finished, he, he asked me to come inside and we're hanging out chatting and he slides an envelope across the table to me and he goes, I really feel like you're supposed to have this. God wants you to have this. And I open the envelope and it's the title and a key to a four-wheel drive, one-ton dually Ford truck, fully loaded. And I felt God say, now you can pull that trailer. God sometimes does those things. I believe that God delights in doing those things. But it shouldn't be the reason that we seek him intimately. Galatians 5.22 says this, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. 
Can I tell you that God would rather impart to you the fruits of the Spirit so that you have an everlasting, satisfying gift from Him? The moments that we spend in and out, going in and out of the presence of God in the secret place and these moments of intimacy where we're in and out, when we come out of there and we're having God impart himself to us, we walk out less aware of our insecurities. We walk out less aware of our shortcomings. We actually walk out feeling like we could take on anything and anybody. That's how I feel. I'm beginning to understand the power that I have and who I could actually become says that when we do these things, that the Father who is in the secret and sees in the secret rewards you openly. The open reward should always look like, sound like, and act like, and most importantly, point people to the Father. In a world that is so consumed with instant gratification, we want to just put the money in the vending machine, push the button, and get the Cheetos. I'm encouraging you to stop, slow down, and seek God and receive the thing that could truly satisfy you for life. I wanna close with this. In order for us to go deeper into relationship with the Father, we have to cross over out of the place of seeking God and being intimate with him for the reasons of, Lord, I need to hear a word about my family, about my job, about my ministry, about my calling, about my gifts and into, God, I just want to be like you. Dad, I have no other reason to spend time with you other than just to spend time with you to know you. Yes, I know that there are blessings available, but if I get the blessing and I don't get him, I didn't get anything. Because you know what? The horses and the truck and the trailer are gone. And I live in this place now where it's like, God, I just, I have to know you because it's the only thing I've got. It's the only thing I want. We have to cross over into this place of God, I just wanna be like you. I was reminded of this story of my son, who's amazing. He's six now, he's about four at the time, and it was the first year that he played t-ball, and, and he, hit, he hits the ball and he runs to first and second and third, and if you've ever seen t-ball at that age, it's a train wreck. Just gonna say, we had a kid, and I shared this in the first service, that would hit the ball off the tee and he would chase the ball and he would wrestle it away from whoever got the ball. And I'm like, whose parents is this kid? Because they need some help too. Teach your kid the right. And I was like, you better turn that off. So my son's on third base and he, and he runs across the diamond during play. Like it's not three outs, we don't need to go to back to the dugout. Like everybody's still, it's all good. He runs over to me and I'm, I'm actually coaching first base and, and he's like, dad, dad. I'm like, Brian, what are you doing, son? You gotta go run and score, you know, score a home run. What's, what's going on here? Tugs on my shirt and I, so I kneel down and I'm thinking something's wrong. He goes, dad, I love you. That was it. That was all he needed to run across the diamond and say, dad, I love you. And I was like, oh my gosh. I love you too. Now go score the run, please. <laughs> That's the way that I desire to be with the Father in heaven. That in the middle of life, in the middle of things that are going really good, 
being on third base and about to score, to be able to say, I'm gonna drop everything and run and say, Dad, I just love you. I just wanna be like him. Every day, my intention is, God, make me more like you. Not just for my sake, but for my family's sake, for my wife and my kids and my family. I wanna be like, more like dad because the world needs it. I wanna be more like dad because you guys need it. If, if the world is absent of the father, then we need to spend time getting to know him in this secret place so that publicly we can give him the best version. I'm encouraging you, get this, get this. This is is the thing that could completely turn your relationship with God upside down. It did for me. I was shared in the pre-service meeting. I, I went through a time also in 2016 where I just was really down. I was kind of just in a depressed spot in life. Just, I didn't really, I feel like I had an identity crisis for the most part. And at one point, I asked God, God, will you take away any calling of ministry that's ever been on my life so that all the pain that I feel in my heart can go away too? And thank God he didn't do that. Thank God that he made a place like this available to me through the birth, death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus so that I could actually become more like him and walk more in my call and more in my destiny because of my father. Has nothing to do with me, but everything to do with who my dad is. And he's a good one. He's a really good one. Let me pray and we'll just dismiss. Father, thank you so much for this time and these words that you've imparted to us. God, I just thank you that we wouldn't rush and that we would just not leave, leave this place without just knowing you and feeling you. And God, I just ask that if there's ever been a moment in time where we've felt like we couldn't focus or we chase squirrels in moments of being intimate with you, God, I pray that you would just stop those that when these people go into their room and they close their door and they pray to the Father who is unseen, I pray that you see and you reward them openly, God. I pray that we are a church that becomes to more, look more and act more like you, God, for not only ourselves, but for our community, God. Holy Spirit, I just ask that your power would rest on every single person in this room, that your power would come And that you would do the thing that only you could do, God. That you would release the anointing to see people healed. That you would release an anointing to see people loved even when we don't feel like they need to be loved, God. God, we need more of you. Father, we need more of you. Father, we desire more of you. There's nothing in this world that's better than you. We hope you've enjoyed our podcast today. You can find out more about our ministry at RenewLifeChurch.com or on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Also, our app is available for download so that you can stay up to date. Again, we are so glad you joined us. If you're in the Midland Odessa area, we invite you to come be our guest at one of our services. Have a great day, and we hope to see you soon.